0: nerds talking the podcast yo we talk about lightsabers stunning. Your tv screens what you want to stream everything beyond your dreams want to talk about movies sports or even politics go ahead and tune into us we'll give you all of it whatever your debate next box or playstation marvel or dc mac or pc teraflops when the movie drops gigabytes chips ram no matter what it is we got all of it welcome to the show nerds talking the podcast welcome to nerds talking the podcast i'm here with carlos johnny laura i'm lafayette and we have ourselves a special guest today michael bryant is joining us from the podcast it is called justice served you can find it on youtube and uh, I, I assume it's everywhere right i can find it on Spotify. So what does that
1: they say wherever you get your podcast is that does that, that there the you go line yeah
0: yeah wherever you get you but the show on youtube what's the title of it? Cause it's not just it's, people, it's people Bryant can't look up.
1: Bodden, I'm Michael that's Bryant. Right. My that's co-host right. is Linda Kenny Baden. Bryant and Baden, justice served. Yeah. There you go.
0: Justice served uh, Carlos and Michael, uh, they go back, uh, a ways back. You guys heard us talk about legal edge on here before. Also when Hugh used to be on the show, but well, yeah. So, uh legal edge is, uh, that's Michael's, uh, stick. That's his show. He came up with years ago. Uh, I was in a couple of those and, um, but Mike, what are you up to these days? What do you got going on? Tell us what yeah. what justice no, served is and what you got.
1: Um, I do a little thing on the Long Crime Network, which was Dan Abrams' version of Core TV. He'd probably hate it if I were to describe it that way. Um, but I, I moved from the Core TV world. I, I killed that network. I killed that. <laughs> I came back to New York. It's a long way to answer your question. I came back to New York for a show, a little show called uh, A Current Affair. The second version of it and i'm old but i'm not that old the second version of it and about six months in killed that show gone roger ailes came in and uh, he killed the show uh and so then i went to core tv was there for three years killed that network and then they they really just kind of drifted away and dan Abrams said well this is crazy that somebody should be doing live trial coverage and he created the law and crime network where i've been working now for this will be the seventh year and it's really grown like Crazy. I mean, on on our YouTube channel for long Crime, they have five and a half million subscribers. It's insane. Wow. Um, So I do a few shows there each week. And then I just decided and Linda also is a host there. Linda Kenny Bodden, my co-host, is a tremendous attorney. She's sort of new to the TV thing, but she's just a, you know, she's just a a, 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 an Italian uh, New Jersey girl. And she's just, you know, flamboyant and, you know, bombastic. Uh, and she's a great attorney. She got Aaron Hernandez uh, acquitted in the case. This is not the one in which she soon died after. It was before that. Um, and then uh, let's see, she worked on the Casey Anthony case. She got Phil Spector off uh, in uh, the California case against the uh, the music mogul that was accused of killing Lana Clarkson. Anyway, so she's done a lot of those kinds of things. And so um, she she and I were talking one day. We said, we should. we don't get to do certain things on the network. We're a little more restricted. So let's Mm just see, you know, let's have a little fun. Let's let's do this thing. And that's how it started. So uh, that's, that's the, that's the deal there between those two things. And I practice law here and there, but those, the TV things are really the deal.
0: I mean, you've been doing the TV thing for a while though.
1: Yeah. As a matter of fact, yeah. I've tried to work it out. I think I'm in my uh, 40th year in one way or another doing some sort of TV starting in Fresno, California. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah, okay. Now, you, didn't what'd... you also oh, Carson, kill yeah. Celebrity Justice?
1: Uh, you know, I started <laughs> that that uh, segment when I was with Extra. Oh, okay. I was the guy at Extra that did any stories of substance. So it was a very finite, small uh, category. You know, somebody dies. Johnny Carson dies. Here, Bryant, go do that. Uh, and then they started the Celebrity Justice thing. You know, Harvey Levin started that, and so it was just a segment on the network on that mm. show. And then they wanted to turn it into a show. And I said, eh, no thanks. It was just a little too, the way it was done was a little too cheesy for me. So, and that's a low bar. And so, you know, I just didn't, didn't get involved in that. And that really became what is now, I mean, really is what is now TMZ. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. stupid yeah. I am, you know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. It could have been on TMZ right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. Which is, again. Which is low bar. Glad I'm not. Yeah. So all I can yeah, say. Yeah. Go get a Harvey. <laughs>
0: But like, how did you start in Fresno? Like, what was what was your start there?
1: You know, I was doing radio, did radio for a long time. And then I oh, okay. decided yeah, it's time to do some TV. And I, I literally I volunteered at the local cable station and was doing a story somewhere, some school. And it was about free lunches. And I was just, you know, doing a stand up with having some fun with the kids. And it got aired as part of a, like a holiday blooper show. I didn't think it was a blooper when I did it. Um, and one of the news directors <laughs> at the local uh, affiliate, KMph now Fox there, saw it, brought me in, boom, boom, boom. I'm the weather guy. I mean, that's it happened that that weird and that fast, and then just kind of kind of grew from there over time.
2: Huh. Now, were you uh, an attorney when you were doing weather?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, it was felony weather I did mostly. <laughs> <laughs> really missed mirror weather. Um, but uh, yeah, you know I was the the way it worked was this. I'll, I'll give you the short story. Uh, and you could search it if you need to at some point. So I'm doing that. I'm doing my thing. I became the sports guy. You know, that's a natural trans transfer uh, of talent. You know, I'm the weather guy one day, and then the sports guy. The sports guy left, and they came to me and said, "You want to do sports?" I said, "Well, you know, I love sports. I'm just not that sports caster kind of guy." Um, and and they convinced me to do it, and I was having some fun. I had a couple of video stores in the town at the time. One got robbed. I decided to use that as an opportunity to have a little fun on air. Ba, 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 brought a gun. We should stop criminals. Uh, I left that station. So um, <laughs> at that point it was like, yeah, what do I do? I mean, you know, I could, you know, it was pretty notorious when it happened. It was far more notorious than it was in, you know, in, story, in theory, than reality, but I knew it was going to be tough to overcome immediately. So I said, ah, what the hell I'll go to law school. So that's when I went to law school. And uh, when I came out, I went to the firm, did that grind for a couple of years Went to work for the federal government, which is a trip that anybody should take because it's amazing the money that is wasted and the incompetence that just checks in every day and then checks out. So while I'm there, I created the Legal Edge because if you're working for the federal government, you got a lot of free time. And so (laughs) uh, I created the Legal Edge and Hugh and I got together uh, in Sacramento and and shot a few. And then, you know, back in the day, this was our syndication effort. We had VHS tapes. Many people may not remember VHS tapes. But we had actual VHS tapes, and, and uh, we we sent them. Turn the phone off here. We sent them to the top, you know, three or four stations in the top fifty or sixty markets. Literally, you sent them these just cold. Here you go. Take a look. And we got markets. We got Detroit. We got and before long, we had one hundred twenty-five stations, and we did that for six years or so. And then I went to Extra, and did both of those for a short period of time. And finally, at, at, when we hit about our 1000th segment of the legal edge, I just said, you know, I, I I can't get creative doing, you know, security deposits anymore. I've done it, done it a few times. I cannot do it again. Uh, and so then just kind of moved on from there.
3: Watching those legal edges. I've never watched them before. I'm not, you know, from California and they, they've never appeared in my market to my uh, knowledge. I'm in St. Louis. I say I will give Hughes some credit because i assume he did a good number of them There are some really creative shots in there that you would not expect from you know kind of a a few person shoot i was like this is kind of cool so props to to you
1: he won his emmy for you know for the photography in that um yeah yeah, our goal each time was you know to take something that theoretically is kind of dry and boring and just make it entertaining visually the way it's written, the way it's, you know, acted out, you know, it should be infotainment and that that mm-hmm. was the goal. So
3: it's a great. goal achieved. Yeah. Good job. Everybody. And
1: it was fun. I mean, what a great <laughs> job it was. We did three of those a week. Uh, and then, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of free time with that after three of those a week, which was why we traveled around a lot, which was so fun. We went to a lot of the markets. We tried to visit every market. We went and shot in Australia. We shot in Europe, because you know, we could just go where we wanted, when we wanted. We could write it off. It's great, great deal.
4: But I, I did have some some questions for you. Uh, you answered some of them during your uh, your background story. Uh, I just picked up a new. I'm working at the courthouse now as a bailiff, oh. and so oh, you cool. know I'm around uh, lawyers and stuff all the time. And when I get to talking to a few of them, I ask some of them, and it's always uh, interesting to to hear their answers, right? Let's say you're you're a defense attorney, you know your defendant's guilty, but he gets off because you do some good lawyering. How does that make you feel inside uh, at the end of the day?
1: Boy, you know, I've I've not had that situation with, uh, you know, like a murder client Mm -hmm. that might be different. Uh, You know, I think you just have to look at it. It's going to sound philosophical and a little half-alutant, but, you know, the system is important. And to make the other side prove their case is critical. And if they don't, under the system we've got, then your guy or your girl uh, is acquitted. That's just the way it works. Now, we know from cases, OJ, that sometimes, you know, juries just screw up. You know, they can be given all the proper information and they come up with the wrong result that's just again it's the best system in the planet but it ain't perfect so i think i think you have to and i think this is true of any defense attorney you you have to you know be focused on the process and doing your client the best job you can do you know we're required to zealously represent our client you got to do that and if it happens to pay off the fact that you may think your client is actually guilty uh, can't stop you from doing the job you know you have to do.
4: Now, how did you uh, get hooked up with, what is her name, Linda uh, Bodden? Then
1: Kenny Bodden, yeah. She's one of the hosts on the network along with me. So that's that's when we first met. Although I'd known her name, her husband may be a more familiar name to you as well, Dr. Michael Bodden.
4: Yeah, he had that show on uh, HBO called yes, Autopsy. that's right. And um, uh, that, that was... Fascinating to me uh, yeah. when I first saw it. And, you know, it, it also followed it up with actual crime scene photos and the process. And, um, yeah, I, I thought that was amazing. Yeah. But yeah. I, I didn't, yeah, I, did. I mean, to think that you have a doctor slash uh, lawyer combo, I mean, it's like the Huxtables, uh, they set the bar kind of high for their kids. I'm thinking. Yeah,
1: that's a power couple. And they've got to tell you a couple of things, tell you some inside stories. Sure. Uh, we went to dinner not too long ago, and I had uh, I had interviewed him many times over a number of cases when I was covering the um, Anna Nicole Smith death, and then the death of her son. Anything where his autopsies involved, you know, I would, I would talk with him, and I'd also talk to Cyril Wecht. Um, they were, the, you know, the, they still are really the stars of that genre. And uh, I really never thought about how old he was. I and mean, he's old. The guy is eighty nine, eighty nine. Wow. Wow, and, uh, still you know, working. At it, huh? You know, it's just uh I hope I'm well I don't know if I want to live to 89, but if I do, that I mean the guy <laughs> is so sharp. It's amazing. Uh so a good guy. Yeah, they're they're a total power couple. She's got one kid from I don't think they have any kids together because they've only been together, I think, like twenty-some years. So that means he was already 60 something. <laughs> so God bless him. I'm <laughs> not sure he was bouncing any kids on his knee at that point. Um But um, yes, I I mean, he is so cool. And he's, you know, more recently did the Epstein follow up autopsy. And he's the guy that basically said, never in my career have I ever seen a hanging where the hyoid bone is broken, which is a bone in your neck that generally breaks when you're strangled, strangled, Um, you know, that, among other things, led him to say, this guy did not kill himself. So. Hmm.
4: I'm on. I'm God. still on the fence, even though. So I know, you're on the fence right I know his credentials. I'm, I'm okay.
1: Thinking, let me uh... let me sell you something because you have to disbelieve <laughs> so much to be on the fence.
3: <laughs> do it! Do it! Do it! Do it!
1: <laughs> I mean, Get come em. on. How 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 likely is it the guards fall asleep? All the cameras aren't working. All of the other thirteen inmates in that little block are are just no longer to be found. Nobody knows where they are or who they are.
4: How does that happen? Well, it's um, I will say, it, working in that environment, I'm just glad I wasn't working that night because the backlash yeah. and the—I mean, I, I don't know. I'm sure a few people have gotten disciplined or fired. Uh, we could read their book in a couple years when it's
3: <laughs>
4: when they come out. So we'll see. I'm still on the fence. We'll
1: see. We'll <laughs> see.
2: Well, Mike, you just answered my question because I was going to ask you: Do you believe Epstein was? Uh...
1: Oh my gosh! Murder to me, it's, or suicide? It's just, it's just a no-brainer. There's just no, even beyond the forensics. I think what I've said in the past is it's practically, logically, and forensically impossible that he killed himself. In a nutshell, you, you can break down each of those categories with the facts and figures. It's just no, no. I think the bigger, amazing story is that Ghislaine Maxwell is still alive. That's a that's a story.
3: Really. Well, because she, she,
1: she knows as much as he must have known.
2: Right. Yeah. Now, your wife, she directed and produced Filthy Rich, the Epstein documentary on Netflix.
1: Yeah. And then the follow-up, Ghislaine Maxwell, Filthy Rich S. Now, I I don't remember the subtitle, but yeah, she did both of those for, for Netflix. Is, that on Netflix, even... well? that? Is that, that on Netflix as well? What's that?
2: Is that one on Netflix as well?
1: Yeah. Oh, it okay. didn't do quite as well. I mean, it did well, but not the staying power of the original Epstein Um, probably because it ended with less mystery. She she got convicted. Right. Uh, Right. But now that, you know, his name has come back and the list, which is not really a list has been released. uh, it moved back up into the top 10, uh, the original, the original. So it's, it's good stuff. Yeah. She did a great job on it.
3: Yeah. It keeps getting uh, suggested to me on Netflix because I have been going down a, a, a true crime binge. I have been, I finally watched the HBO Max um, miniseries for The Staircase. Oh, yeah. uh, Michael Peterson. And so I watched the documentary years ago. And then I finally downloaded and watched the HBO series and then immediately went back and rewatched the documentary and then went down like a, a rabbit hole of tons of true crime podcasts, listening, trying to get all the information that I could. Do you have an opinion on the staircase, the Michael Peterson case?
1: You know, it's funny. That's one of those that I like the uh, theatrical version <laughs> so much. Um, I, I just think it was so well done. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I, to be honest, I haven't studied that case enough. I watched it; it was interesting, uh, but I've not really dug into it enough to have a real, a learned opinion on that. I, I really, I, I wasn't swayed either way. I don't know. What do you think?
3: I think that he is guilty, but I don't think it happened the way the prosecution said that it did. I think that it was probably voluntary manslaughter. He, he had a passion kind of thing. He, he threw her, he pushed her, she hit her head, she died. And then he says, oh, it was an accident. She fell down the stairs. And then the prosecution says, no, you purposely beat her to death. I don't think that they proved their case. And, but for some reason, he got convicted. Anyway, he spent eight years in prison, and then they turned it over because of a uh, corrupt uh, forensics uh, agency within Dur- – uh, oh, gosh, where were they? Durham, Durham, North Carolina. So they overturned it, and he took an Alford plea and got off in the end. And I was like, you know, I feel like it, it ended up where it should have. You know, he got eight years, almost eight and a half years for – for what he did i know that people get off you know paroled you know when they have less so i feel like it ended up the way that it should have the one
1: thing that concerned me most about it was how much blood there was in that. yes that, i mean that it just it's seemed insane. more something intentional happened than accidental it just there just yeah. seemed like a lot of blood but and it wasn't really proven to me you know
3: Exactly. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. And just, you know, so looking through all that stuff, it's a sense of like, what resonates with you, how he acts and what he says. And, uh, I think one of the most poignant things, and I don't even remember where I heard it because I thought it was in the documentary, but it wasn't, it must've been something else that I had consumed on it. Um, where they said, he calls nine one one. He finds his wife unconscious with all of that blood on the bottom of the stairs and says, she fell down the stairs. Come help. If you saw your wife like that, that would be not what I thought. I did. I would. If I saw somebody just absolutely covered in blood at the bottom of the stairs, the way that she looked, why would you think that she fell down the stairs? I would think that somebody came in and beat the shit out of her.
1: Yeah. So, that's a good point. It's all
3: about good instinct. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, my, I appreciate your thoughts on it.
1: Yeah, I have very, very little thoughts, and so you're welcome to all of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> now I've been catching up on your your podcast. Now, I still don't know. I've been catching up because, but I'm still kind of, I still don't know who's Michelle Triconis. Who is this? Oh, person?
1: interesting. Okay. Um. Yeah, it's a, a case that's going on here in Connecticut. In fact, I'm going to go back to court there tomorrow. Um. This is a case uh, from four, almost five years ago, where Michelle Traconis, the girlfriend of the alleged murderer, is now on trial for conspiring to kill that guy's wife. So what happened was, she takes the kids to school that morning, uh, May 24th, 2019. It's about 20 miles from here. Uh, Drops them off, five kids, two sets of twins, and another kid, so these are all five kids from her. Uh, Goes home about eight o'clock, never seen again, and has not been seen again period this is mm. jennifer Dulos. okay she's not nobody nobody and in mm, connecticut it's weird it's hard you, don't need one. you don't need one and oh. uh, even though they declared her dead a few weeks ago they did it primarily for the estate so the kids wouldn't be bogged down with that kind of stuff but yeah there's, uh, there's no real hope of, of finding her body so what they do have is uh michelle traconis the then girlfriend of Fotis Doulos, that was the husband Um, and they were fighting for two years over custody of these five kids. I don't know if they were fighting to keep them or not keep them, but hey, uh, so (laughs) they're fighting over these kids for two years and uh, she wants to move and he doesn't want them gone, et cetera, et cetera, typical. And so prosecution says he was lying in wait, Fotis Doulos is lying in wait in the garage of the home being rented by Jennifer Doulos and all the kids and then does something to her in the garage where all the blood evidence is found. And uh, that's the last we see of Jennifer Dulos. So that. And he killed himself, right? The, okay. uh,
3: the guy, he killed himself? Did I make yeah, that that's, up? Yeah, okay. that's where I'm going
1: here. So he's, you know, Sorry. first he is uh, charged with, um, you know, destroying evidence and obstruction of justice. And then uh, at a certain point, they get enough evidence. They think, OK, we got enough for murder. So they charge him with murder. He's out on bail. Um, and he is about to go to a bail hearing in which he thinks he's going to be locked up because now they've added the murder charge it would make perfect sense. He'd be incarcerated for that. So he takes the gas pipe, you know, kills himself, doesn't even do that very well because he lives for about two, three days in the hospital. Can't even get that right. Uh, so then you've uh, so now you've got this really sad story with these kids that are now orphaned uh, and. You know, the, the community's in an uproar. And she was in this little area called New Canaan. It's kind of a tony, snooty area. Anybody that comes into the courthouse, I go, you're from New Canaan. I mean, I can just tell <laughs> They just have a look. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but it's just very privileged white kind of look. And so, um, uh, and she's this Michelle Traconis was his girlfriend at the time. And they have a lot of video of Botas Dulos and Michelle Traconis dumping bags of stuff in various places around town. And then mm. they get those bags and there's bloody clothes and there's DNA. So there's that's that's the story. And at this point, it's a, it's a tough case because, you know, Michelle Traconis is, is uh, um, charged with conspiracy to commit murder, right? Well, you got to go a couple of layers to get there. You got to first prove that General Doulos was murdered. Okay. It's not a given. Then you got to prove that Fotos Doulos did it then you got to prove that Michelle Traconis was conspiring to make that happen and to get rid of the evidence and to obstruct justice. It's a, it's a, a, a tough sell, but mm-hmm. you got sympathy on your side. You know, you got, you got people that are going to want to find some sort of justice for, for Jennifer Dulos. They don't care about photos <laughs> They don't care about him. Um, but yeah, for her. So that's, that's the case. And they're only in, uh, Day five is tomorrow. It's going to be a six-week trial. They've been pounding oh, wow. up law enforcement officers, and I was like, "Oh, God, come on!" Uh, and so today and the end of yesterday, they had the nanny, which was good stuff, very good, salacious stuff. She's cute, you know, attractive. She could be a new Canaan, and um, <laughs> and you know, very smart. You could just tell. And uh, and and was it was there when the the relationship between Jennifer Doulos and Fotos Dulos was falling apart? So she's at the eye of the storm. I was waiting to hear something about, you know, she got together with photos at some point, but it was clear that she thought he was disgusting. So
3: <laughs> that,
1: that didn't happen. But she was a great. You're right.
3: Smart girl. <laughs> yeah. And
1: she, she has a witness is what I would call the palate cleanser, because you got six of these law enforcement and they're all talking about, yeah, we found this blood and which it's salacious at first. And then the jury is like, you know, they're numb to how many more blood spots can you find? And what's the you know, it, same thing will happen when they get to the DNA. So it's important to bring in, you know, one of these lay witnesses who's just a regular person. And this girl is perfect because she could really tell you some stories about the relationship to, to lay the, the groundwork. So uh, and then they went back to another cop. So um,
2: so you'll be updating this on your podcast, right, as it goes yeah, along. Yeah,
1: we did okay. one. Uh, we did one yesterday talking about well, I, I went and bumped into the uh, Michelle Tricona's defense attorney. And he's been losing a lot of motions. He brings a lot of motions, and they're so concerned about the blood because you got no body. So, if the blood is what they're relying on to tie all this together, he's fighting every bit of the way to, to, to keep blood out, to keep it from being characterized as something it's not. Because uh, they like to say blood like. Found some blood like material, and it's very prejudicial because the jury just doesn't hear like. They hear blood, 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 blood. What? And it's just not shouldn't good.
3: it be fairly easy to determine if it is blood or blood like?
1: Well, that's another issue he's he's questioning. He says, uh, and there are also presumptive tests in the field that aren't always corroborated when you go back to the lab. So you you do some sort of presumptive test in the field, then you swab it, you take it back to the lab, and the lab goes, Well oh, no, that's transmission fluid, or mm-hmm. you know, whatever whatever it is. So it's not always really blood. It's, now it's, it's like, blood. like
3: an at-home COVID test there's a margin of error
1: it's a crapshoot it's a crapshoot and they were arguing the other day about uh the luminol you know that's the good old-fashioned one from like any csi where they take the black light and they go oh my god look at this guy's bedroom yeah yeah, yeah. um because anything that has iron in it will glow so it could be blood it could be it could be many many things uh so he was arguing to keep that out he lost and i was asking him "How how do you feel about losing that one because they also mentioned something I've never heard of before time-lapse luminol. Now luminol is, you know, it's to show a substance that you can't see with the naked eye, right? So you put the luminol on it, you put the black light being, this was so faint you had, he, they had to let it time-lapse photography to get it to show anything. Wow. So to me that he had a pretty good argument. The judge was like, "eh, nah, it's coming in. You know, it's one of those things where they say, that goes to the weight of the evidence, not the admissibility. So on cross, he gets to say, "Well, isn't it hard to find? Couldn't it be, you know, a copper pipe? Couldn't it, you know?" That's where you 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 earn your skill, you earn your money as a defense attorney. You got to do that cross examination. I think he went a little too far. So I approached the attorney about that, and of course, they don't want to say anything. And his associate basically had to kind of stop him from, like John. <laughs> no, 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 no,
3: no, no, shut this, up, shut this up. This guy's shut very outspoken. <laughs>
1: You know he's he's really he's a good attorney um so so yeah so we covered that yesterday i'll go back tomorrow i can't go every day as much as i would like to sit there um but uh yeah i you know to get the feel of it a couple of days a week is plenty and then i'm back i'm back on the network friday so and we're covering it on the network so it all kind of makes sense
0: and is justice served Do you do one case at a time
1: you know we really don't we we kind of do a hodgepodge of stuff and it just so happens this trial is right down the street it'd be crazy not yeah, to take yeah, advantage yeah. of it it's a it's a very high profile trial even though you haven't heard about it yet um mm-hmm. it's uh, it is it's uh you know it's got all of these you know socialite overtones the rich white people and all their tough problems and uh you know murder and cover up and yeah it's got, and, and it's the missing beautiful woman they never found so it's got all those those uh
0: Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll see it on Netflix for sure. Because um, <laughs> I see a lot of true crime that I've never heard of. I'm like, oh, wow. This, okay. This, this, when was this? Oh, 2008. Where was I at? I
3: well, it's we're all just waiting for the there. Gabby Petito uh, Netflix. Yes. Special.
1: Yes. I'm trying to think of one. I just saw one recently that I hadn't heard of before. It's just the stuff that's out there is unbelievable.
0: Uh, yeah. It's, it's true. It's true. This it is all over the place. I just watched one. Um, Carlos said to watch it. American Nightmare. American Nightmare. And I remember that story too. I just didn't know what happened in the end. And then I watched that, and I was like, I don't know if you remember Mike. So this woman in uh, Vallejo was kidnapped in two thousand five or two thousand fifteen, um, and at gunpoint in her house, and her boyfriend was tied up, and the kidnapper took her to Huntington Beach, and uh, then she ended up just showing back up at home. Everybody thought it was like a Gone Girl hoax, like she set it all up. They trick him and uh come to find out, no, she was really kidnapped.
1: Uh, and then she just so. got away? No, no. There's um, a lot to it.
2: The guy was, was a lot to it. Yeah. It
1: a, we're gonna discuss to it. it next what week. What do you call
0: yeah,
2: it again? American Nightmare? Yeah, American, American Nightmare. Nightmare. Didn't Kidna- they yeah. like kidnap the wrong person or something like
3: that?
0: Yeah, uh, that's part of it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It. yeah, okay.
3: All right, I feel like we're getting into spoiler territory because I haven't watched it. Yep. it yet. <laughs>
0: that's and that's then, the only way so I understand
1: it's she's kidnapped from Vallejo to Huntington Beach. Yep, she's that's taking a Beach. That's very much yeah. yeah. so, yeah. Yeah. so you know. Yes, <laughs> big time.
0: But yeah, um, yeah, it's a uh, it's a good one. Uh, I, I just watched. I can't, man. I watch them all the time. Netflix has some good ones that you just never heard of. You're like, oh wow, what a crazy story! All
1: right.
0: Oh, that's run about. Oh, that's right. Cyanide and curry. That's what I just watched. Cyanide and curry. That was an and interesting one. Yeah, what is? It was happened in India, and the lady just kept on. Poisoning each family member that got in her way.
1: And that was and, a true uh, story.
0: Yep. 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 Oh, gosh. Yeah. night at curry. So uh, really? yeah. Justice served. <laughs> That's what she said.
1: <laughs> Sometimes.
4: <laughs> a side of rice. Okay, I have another question
3: for you. I have another question for you because I, I just can't stop asking questions because I love this kind of shit. In another life, I might have been a lawyer or oh. forensics or something. Um, uh, so when it comes to jury selection, how do you weed out the people like me that are immediately <sighs> just like, guilty, guilty? Like, I am just, I assume that if you're there, you're there for a reason.
1: <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and, and that's not, you know, that's not uncommon. And you're right. Ferreting those folks out is tough. I mean, it's, uh, you know, you you have to be good at uh, kind of like some mind games to, to just, get a sense, because some people, depending on the case, want to be on a jury. They want to be on there, whether it's to tell a story, whether it's uh, to do justice. I'll tell you, in this Draconis case, since we were talking about it, they just removed an alternate juror today. They have have only six on their panel, six in the box, and then they had six alternates. uh, And so one of the alternates was leaving, you know, for lunch and they're loose set up there. They don't really have them totally, you know, separated. Like you might be in the halls, you bump into a jury member. And this, this juror goes uh, to the defense attorney, not the guy. There's a guy and a woman to the woman and says, we love you guys. Hmm. We love, first of all, we, and, and so they immediately bounced her, but who's the other, we, who's the other, you know, there's still somebody on that jury that feels the same way. So obviously, you know, they wow. they weren't able to learn. And, and this this early in the trial, you know, it's hard to say that she came up with that admiration so quickly. She had to have brought it to the box. So mm-hmm. to get back to your original question, you know, you just have to ask people, you know, it's going to be partly their background, their career, their kids, their relationships, um, you know, their hobbies, you know. Uh, you can only do so much. It's not perfect. I remember I had a trial once. This is an embarrassment, but I had to try once where you get a, uh, you know, you get a form that each prospective juror fills out and it's got a lot of basic information on it, where they work up about. And then depending on the jurisdiction, sometimes you can ask questions. Sometimes the judge asks them, you know, in California, we got to ask. So I'm just going through it. <laughs> Mr. Smith, but the uh A uh, uh, judge, we have a minute. I'm looking at the form and I'd missed the first time around. Cause you can disqualify people from their form. You could say, well, you know, we'd like. For cause, we'd like to have this person as a you know, well. This person wrote, "I'm a Nazi," on the bottom of their questionnaire. <laughs> well, I missed that. Um, so, um, so that person was, as I like to say, thanked and excused. And so, you you know, that would be for cause. And so, if you can find a way to excuse somebody for cause, that's golden because you don't have to use your. The peremptory challenges are determined by the court. Depends on the case. Depends on how many sides there are. But you're probably going to get four to six give or take. And those are the ones that say, you know, I don't like the way this woman looks. I mean, look at her.
3: Yeah. Look at her. So it's She's totally like her. gut.
1: Yeah. What's that?
3: It's totally like a gut feeling like, yeah. no, this one, yeah. I don't want, no, yeah. go.
1: Yep. And then, you know, you gotta be careful because you've got, I used to do mine with post-its and you're moving the post-its around and it's happening fast. But if you're not careful, you may get rid of somebody you're kind of yeah. not liking and somebody you, you hate goes in their place um, yeah. So, be careful about that. But yeah, those peremptories you want to try and reserve, which means find cause anywhere you can, some sort of prejudice that means this person can't uh, be fair and unbiased. That's the key.
2: So, did you just give our audience?
1: can't be sure. You'll never be sure. You could get on a jury and screw over the defendant. Yay! Not a corner of the tip.
2: Not a corner of the tip you just gave me. You just gave our audience. A way out of jury duty. Just write, I'm a Nazi on your phone. That's
1: a good one. Here's legitimately here. That one may get you bigger problems than just getting off the jury. Here's <laughs> two, two ways for sure you can get off, and for sure, considering, you know, that every judge is different. I got a prepaid vacation. Mm. They really are hesitant to to make you for for foreclose that and lose it. Or you're a sole proprietor and your business has to shut the doors if you're not there. Those oh. are those are great. Those are good ways to, to get out. I
3: love jury duty, and I've been trying to get on a jury for years. He wants to get on a uh, murder. I've only only been called once. I spent three days in, like, a jury room, like a pool. Like, it was like a mass jury pool. I spent two days in a room being paid because my company paid me, you know, for the, the jury time. I spent two days in a room reading two whole Stephen King novels. And then when they finally called me in, I got to watch like a few, you know, steps. And then they called it, they said, dismiss the jury because somebody said something prejudicial or something. Uh, And then that was it. And I was like, well, that was fascinating. And I would love to go back and do it again.
1: Well, you know, you are, you may not know this, but you're you're in the key demographic for true crime.
3: Oh, I know. Everything. You mean committed against
2: her, Program or programmed
1: for you? <laughs> oh,
3: okay. <laughs> oh, I know it. I I definitely know it. And once once my brain gets turned into, like I said, I'll just dive deep, 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 deep into things. And yeah, I'm I'm definitely that demo. Women, that's
1: just weird. Why do they? I have a whole
3: pod. I I have another <laughs> podcast. We did a whole episode about it, about true crime, and about how white women are the ones that are the key demographic for
0: supplying the for ratings true crime.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's a question of, you know, benign what is it called? Um, oh, shit. Not benign narcissism. That's what I want to think. It, uh, like benign thrill-seeking. Right. Uh, there's um, something along the lines of uh, it's scary but it's not some sort of scary. vicarious
1: living for you?
3: or Or like, it's like watching horror movies, you yeah. know, like you feel like you're in danger but you're not. So it's just like a way to experiment with with mortal danger because we live such fucking cush lives. Basically. Yeah, I,
1: that, there's no doubt. There's that vicarious, you know, better them than me. Um, but you know, I've done some ridiculous shows that you know they they make it romantic as well. You know, yeah, I'm not in that done Everything joke. from <laughs> frenemies to um, what's the one I did just recently, Mean Girl Murders. Um, yeah, you know. Um, the, the, i do the,
3: like snapped though anything where a woman that's a kills classic a man. that's been around for a while yeah, yeah. right because it's always a man kills a woman if you look at all these other shows i'm like i want something different i want a woman to go nuts there was one Max i worked murder on her husband
1: wives with knives i think it was one yeah
3: that. i'd be into that
1: so what about what about i survived a crime i haven't heard any any that's a, that's a show i sold to a and e we did two seasons of that we did 34 episodes of that that's basically a clip show though but it's real people getting into situations and surviving originally it was sounds called like it, like it, yeah. fighting back but the network thought that was too aggressive and so it became i survived a crime but yeah it's it's real people who are in positions they really wish they weren't in and how they do it you know
3: that sounds like what 100% of my alley because that's always what i want to know i'm like what are the tips and tricks i can take away from this but i haven't had cable in like 20 years <laughs> but I'll check it out.
1: There's this thing called the internet. I'm not sure you've heard about it. Uh, Very (laughs) popular. Um, But uh, yeah, you can find, we were, speaking of Netflix, we made it to number two on Netflix because they took the A&E show and put it on Netflix. And we made it to number two. Is it still on there now? Um, No, because they had us for, the the contract was for a year. That was the first season. Now I'm thinking they're going to put the second season back on. Why would they not? Um, But we would have made it to to. Number one, if it hadn't been that fucking Cobra Kai, they released that. Oh, it oh, can't be Cobra <laughs> Kai.
0: K- K- oh, yeah, yeah. You know <laughs> Cobra Kai. We're,
1: like, we're done. So we're like, we're like seven, five, four, two, and then, <laughs> no, that's it. Sit down. Got swatted
2: away. You can catch it on Hulu. I Survived the Crime is on TV. Oh, is it on Hulu? Yeah. Oh, there you okay. go. There
1: and I got a show mean. coming out. I think it's next month or maybe it's in March um, called Cult Justice. Not mm. justice served. Hey, wait a cult justice served. No. Uh, cult justice. It was a show we did um, on cults. There's Tony Alamo cult. There's uh, there's a, it's a very interesting look at some creepy people. So keep an eye out for cult justice.
3: Do you know where cult that's going to be?
1: That's going to be on Hulu.
3: On Hulu. Oh, awesome. Cult
2: justice. All right.
1: You know, me and OJ were like this. I saw
3: your interview on YouTube. I did the last I interview. interview. interview,
1: yeah, the last interview. Now, you know, he doesn't even need to bother doing interviews. Just He just gets on his golf cart and holds his phone up and tells yeah. you what he wants to tell you. So I've reached out a few times and, you know, he, he doesn't need to use a mouthpiece anymore. So yeah. he was, yeah. as I said, in one of those pieces, the nicest killer I ever met. There's no doubt about it.
3: I heard that on your <laughs> clip, and, and I people got like, mad. Well, I saw comments. I love he it. was yeah.
1: acquitted. Oh yeah, keep telling yourself that, <laughs> that. guy
0: had the most evidence against them. Yeah. Uh, more, than, I mean, just ridiculous.
1: Yeah, that's where that's where a jury gets sidetracked by all. I mean, that was a circus. That was not, uh, you know, a red letter day for the justice system. It, it was an embarrassment. Thanks to the dancing Itos. Was, uh,
0: Ah, yes. Jay Leno's dancing. That? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes.
3: Yes. The <laughs> SNL skits. He overused that classic. like crazy.
1: Yeah. Yep. Well, uh, thanks well, guys. Right. I appreciate the invite. Uh,
0: no, thanks for coming on. Um, I mean, anytime, to be honest, especially if we do true crime, we'd love to have you come on.
1: Yep. And uh, you where to find me.
0: Yeah. Uh, so um, tell people where you can find your show and the name of it. So they don't miss yeah. out.
1: Uh, yeah. Of course, the Law and Crime Network. Great place for streaming trial coverage. We do a few at a time uh and then the bryant and Baden justice served at uh i think it's at walmart no i think uh oh. you know wherever you get your podcasts <laughs> whatever that means that means everywhere anywhere <laughs> and
0: everywhere and, i mean i watch it on youtube
1: so okay that's an easy one yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah.
1: it's uh
0: i just just and it's accessible and uh, so check that out uh thanks for coming on mike appreciate it we will be definitely having you back on when we all watch our true crime shows um and remember, cyanide and curry, they, uh, they don't go together.
1: I got that. Cyanide and curry.
0: Yep, write that down. Yeah. Thanks, All man. right, thanks for coming on, Mike. Appreciate thanks. it. Uh, we'll take a break here at Nerds talking the podcast. We'll be right back after this.
1: New episodes of Nerds Talking every Friday. And don't forget about Taco Tuesdays every Tuesday. Only here on the Nerds Review Network.
0: Welcome back to Nerds Talking the podcast. I'm here with Carlos, Johnny, Laura, and I'm Lafayette. Remember to rate, subscribe, review, turn on notifications, tell your friends and your family. We're here at all times. We don't go away. Anyway, we watched Napoleon, or at least uh, Johnny watched a third of it. Was that about a third? No, I watched five minutes.
4: All right. Six minutes. Okay.
0: Carlos and I watched Napoleon starring Joaquin Phoenix, uh, a Ridley Scott movie uh, based, of course, on Napoleon Bonaparte, the French emperor slash general. And um, we'll talk about that and uh anything else that comes up so what's we'll up with you carlos carlos napoleon first off um how much did you know of napoleon before watching this movie did you just know the kind of the highlights of what you learn in school and that's about it
2: yeah that he was um <clears throat> trying to conquer europe it's a little man on a horse with his hand always tucked into his jacket um and little short fella that's about all i knew i didn't really know too much about him, except that he was really trying to conquer Europe before his buddy Adolf. That was yep. his gig. Yep. That was his gig. That's all I knew, too. All I knew was
0: him being an emperor, a, a, a famous general, and that he's his last battle in Waterloo. That's all I really knew about him. And he was five feet tall, whatever it was, five foot five. I knew nothing else about him. Um, no. So uh, what was your take on the movie, then? Since you kind of went in not really knowing much about him, and... Uh, what did you uh, end up uh, learning out of the movie, or getting out of it?
2: Clearly, um, Napoleon looked like he was fifty his entire life, or sixty. How old is Joaquin yeah, Phoenix? Yeah. Because horrible because casting. horrible casting. He was he got married at twenty eight. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, Apparently he did he most of sixty. Yeah, he did most of what he did in his thirties uh, and forties.
2: Yeah, from his early, from his mid twenties to his thirties and forties. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And you yeah. got Joaquin Phoenix to do this part. Not only yeah, that, there was not cats. one French actor in this movie. Not one. Plenty of British people. British people playing French people, but no French actors at all. And I was a little disappointed. I mean, I may have learned a little something about Napoleon, but the movie itself was fairly disappointing.
0: Well, Ridley Scott said he didn't care about that because he said the audience understands that they're French people. He didn't care if they had an accent or not. He under- He said, oh, the crowd knows that the, they're French people. Who gives a shit? If they have an accent or speak French. He goes.
2: Uh, he didn't care about that. That's what. That's what he said. So. because he thought he was making sort of some sort of epic movie for Apple production, but it is an Apple. It, it is an not Apple movie. epic. It's an Apple
0: movie. at all. I didn't think it was really meant to even be. I mean, the previews made it seem that way. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. The, oh, then but when the, you got
2: Ridley Scott behind it, though, you expect
4: you know
0: something. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but at the same time. I expected a biopic and that's what I really got. That's all I really got out of it. Just, I didn't get anything too crazy. Like, I don't know. Uh, so what was your overall take and what did you take from
2: it? Well, now there's a certain scene in the movie where Josephine says, look at this. And when you see it, you'll always want it. I'm thinking to myself, did you just show him your penis? Because Josephine, the way she's sitting there, she spreads her legs way wide and she tells him to look at this. when You see it, (laughs) you'll always want it. I'm like, what the hell? It just happened. See, I was thinking she had a sandwich down there. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe ice cream. Chocolate vanilla. Oh, right. The the Napoleon Napoleon ice cream.
3: (laughs) French patisserie. Who doesn't want French patisserie all the time?
2: Exactly. It could be a beignet. And I also found out that his buddy really likes dessert. Remember when his buddy was trying to tell him that his wife was cheating on him? Uh And he's all, no, I'm serious. He goes, no dessert for you. And then he goes, no, I'm serious. This is really happening to you. And so he really wanted his dessert. (laughs) I thought that was funny. Apparently it was a Napoleon ice cream as well or something. But he was like, no, you don't get no dessert. I thought that was funny, but... Then when he came home, he he abandoned his troops. He did. Came home yeah. Because he thought Josephine was cheating on him, was told that she was. He totally just lays into her. You are nothing without me. Da, 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 da. And then no more than like two minutes later, she's saying that to him. She totally turned the tables on him. by saying, you are nothing without me. Man, he and just he bought it. it. He's like, he oh, you're it. right. I am nothing. I'm like, what just happened? Man, it's she's the it's, it's that the big power D energy is what uh-huh. it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's the power of what he can't turn down. And then it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, no. but everything. yeah, it was a horrible casting, and her kids. You never know. You don't see her son again. I mean, you never see the daughter again. at the end. You'll see the daughter, but you That's never see the her kids again. No. Um, so it was. I don't know. Uh I'd give it like a a two. <clears throat> a two, two. huh? Wow. Yeah. Well, wow. I give it a Well hug. you know what? I... Because of if you go into it with the same entertaining and get the same entertainment out of it like I did. Okay, two and a half, three, but two and a half at the most. not two and a half at the most. Yeah. I give it a three
0: because again, I don't know much about him whatsoever. I thought it was interesting, like how he like when he came into power, but they all chased him out of the room and he ran like a little bitch. Shit, yeah, was trying to his kill brother. Me. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs>
3: I've heard the whole movie is completely historically inaccurate though.
0: I mean, that's just it. Where, but where for someone you who it? doesn't
2: know, they're like, "I'll take it at face value." But also, where are they getting the facts from
0: outside of his journals that he wrote, and, his, and he wrote a lot of like letters. And...
3: I mean, it's not that long ago. There's, it's yeah, true. There's it's only it is true. Stuff.
0: It's Even only 200. like two hundred to two hundred fifty years ago. Yeah,
2: yeah that's, that's it. nothing. But like, and in the movie, they fail to really show him as a short person. Every once in a while, he'll be se- He'll it's be true. sitting, and he true. looks a little lower than the rest of them. But, but he's never like, really short. No, there's one scene where he's in Egypt and he pulls up like an apple box or something to stand on to look at a mummy because they just opened up a coffin of a mummy and he stands on it to look at it in the face. That's the only real time they show that he was short. They didn't really. So it was really. They should have got Peter Dinklage to play this motherfucker. Look no, way it. too short. Way too, way too short better than no, joaquin joaquin's way Wa- too tall
0: well joaquin also has the problem that he acts he doesn't act like a character he's just no, he plays joaquin he plays joaquin and sometimes yeah. i was like oh he's the joker <laughs>
4: like, the way he was laughing
0: and, and and the way he was acting i was like and that was a criticism of a lot of people like that, that you know all the critics were saying he's not actually playing napoleon he's just playing himself himself
2: yeah, yeah yeah yeah
0: he's not napoleon it's it's no. so that was a problem too and i don't know i they just hit the highlights though yeah. how he became emperor how he won the first battle because he was smart with strategy and they let him basically be the leader and then then he runs the second battle like oh this guy's a fucking genius and then he loses the third battle he gets exiled but then he comes back and goes fuck you i'm taking over again he does he takes over he gets the military and he once again staged a coup and takes over Then the big battle of Waterloo, he loses it, and he gets ousted again. Then
2: he dies on an island from a stomach ulcer. But I love how the battle of Waterloo, he doesn't even tell his men to retreat. He just turns around and leaves. He just retreats himself. I'm out of here. you guys. (laughs) You guys stay at home.
0: (laughs) You guys keep fighting. out of here.
2: I'll see you back
0: at home. I know. But that was, the thing is, if that's what actually happened at Waterloo, he was
2: a horrible that was horrible. Oh, he was horrible! <laughs> just absolutely
0: yeah. horrible strategy. Just, it was
4: and just apparently the worst. He
2: speak. He spoke many languages because he could clearly speak to the British, the Russians, the Austrians, like with no no problems. That's why I was like, so the, was Napoleon that educated, or we're just going off what we think happened? I mean, yeah, who knows? Um, it's it's entertaining, but
0: it's again, it's if you go in not knowing shit, and the only downside is. Joaquin was horribly casted. I was just watching the whole thing and like, man, he's not the right person. He's just not it. He's, they should have got okay. Let's,
3: else. Let me give you some of the historical inaccuracies from the internet. All right. Uh, age gap between life. Napoleon and Josephine. In the movie, obviously, he is old as fuck and Vanessa Kirby is young and hot. Uh, in reality, Josephine was six years older than Napoleon. So she was the older one.
0: Yeah, but see, Joaquin just looks 50 the whole time.
3: Yeah, exactly. That's the he he's obviously older. Yeah. Uh, he never attacked the Egyptian pyramids. That was all made up.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? That part okay. that part doesn't really play the movie that
2: much, though.
3: Yeah, but I mean, these are the kind of things that are. No, like, it does though, because scene. it
2: shows that he was responsible for some of the damage to the pyramids. He well, fired cannons. He shows he shows some Yeah, like
0: one scene where he fires cannons at it. Yeah.
3: Uh bah, 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 bah. Napoleon did not witness Marie Antoinette's execution. He was on the other side of the country when it happened.
2: I'm
4: not oh, sure if he so was that in the, was, was Marie
2: he... Antoinette I thought so no, what was he in the crowd for that? I don't he was yes. he was in the crowd According he was okay, yeah, yeah that I was I knew that. that was
0: Marie Antoinette right away when they'd be of there, yeah,
3: Napoleon and the Duke of Wellington never met in real life,
2: yeah, that scene um, I... was weird. That's the one are on the boat, yep. You yep. tell yep, them yep. we're gonna exile you. You can go. I'm like, what? I would have killed that son, bitch. You try to kill me. Yep.
1: Yes.
3: What so else they were got? real life rivals, but they never met in face to face. What else you got for me? Uh the rest of these seem small. There was no frozen lake at the Battle of Austerlitz. Ooh, that was
0: probably the best. That scene. was a great scene though.
3: Well, apparently they all made it up. <laughs>
0: well, this movie's is <laughs> was... okay, I give it a two now. Thanks. That was a good scene though. That was
3: a good scene. Napoleon's mother did not organize the betting incident. I didn't watch it, so I don't know.
2: Oh, well, he he betted an 18-year-old to see if something was wrong with him. He couldn't get Josephine pregnant. So yep. he got mm-hmm. the girl pregnant, and then after he found out he got her pregnant, you never hear about it again throughout the whole movie. Well, you That's see her other at the end, people. though. You do see her mm-hmm. one more time.
0: Who? That girl he got pregnant. You see her one more time. Where's the kid?
2: I think the kid is the uh. The, I think it's the the daughter at the end. Well, the two, no, the that's two Josephine's kids? daughter. Are you sure? Yeah, because he says to her, "Your mother was a good person," or something like that.
0: But was he talking about Josephine though?
2: He was talking about Josephine.
0: He was always I mean, hooked why on would Josephine, she no matter what. Be
2: taking care of Josephine. She was taking care of her.
3: Yeah. I don't know.
0: Anyway, what else we got?
3: Uh, Josephine never suggested divorce.
0: Well, she didn't in the movie. She didn't either. He divorced okay. her ass.
3: Yeah. Uh, he, he, calls he, like, he
0: calls it out. He calls it calls it out right away. You bitch! You can't have a kid with me. Fuck off.
3: What is it with these fucking royalty and their fucking anyway? Uh, he did not lead his cavalry charges. Yeah, it made it look Napoleon... like he was the
0: head of the charge. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they literally made it seem like he was like fighting in the wars himself, like going nuts and killing everyone. Yeah.
3: Normally he stood behind the battlefield and monitored all that was going on for a yeah. distance. That, I mean, that this things, a that's cannonball a general chest. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. you got to make him look all heroic and shit. And then number 10 is that, uh, Napoleon was not actually a short man, but that's a, he was just over five, six was about standard for the time, but that's like a, like a well-known kind of trope.
0: There's the so, thing is, there's none of honestly, there's none of those that make that big of a difference. But, that makes it go, okay. oh man, that's way, okay. you know what I mean? None of those make a difference.
3: Yeah, but but good to know what's accurate and accurate because you don't yeah. want to go into like a conversation with a historian who actually knows what they're talking about and be like, yeah, remember that time he blew up the pyramids? And then people are like, you're fucking stupid. And the blowing so up the pyramids, thing,
0: that was a like always a rumor that he, he was responsible for that. You know, so really, Scott probably just thought, "Fuck it, it's cool, let's do it." Like,
3: <laughs>
0: like the like the frozen yeah. lake, like that's fucking cool, let's do that too. Like yeah, and it was cool. I mean, it's it it always cool.
3: these <laughs> kinds of things, like you know, for movies, like enjoy the movie, enjoy it for what it is, for a storytelling, but always know the real facts if you're gonna come into the real world with this. I stuff. think, that's but my I think
0: the facts, the so-called inaccuracies, he don't really play a part of a huge part in his story well like, like the, the
3: overarching yeah. story maybe not that's but what like i mean if, yeah, as a viewer story, though if you're going to internalize this and be like i know things about napoleon well mm,
1: do you, you know really scott exactly knows things.
3: do you though yeah do
0: you... <laughs> yeah so i i guess i give it a three it was entertaining um i just thought it was miscast i don't he, they should have got somebody younger for sure it was not the right person to cast uh they i think he's a he french thought... actor Well, I also thought. I also think Ridley Scott and Joaquin thought this is it. It's going to be our Oscar moment. I got this epic movie about Napoleon. It's going to be your gladiator. Yeah, it's going to be. Come on, let's do it. And and, uh, it didn't turn out quite that way. Um, Again, it's not horrible. um, You know, but um, then again, what's the last good movie Ridley Scott made? anybody? Anybody? Gladiator. I mean, then he he made um, those Prometheus movies, right? I think. You said yeah, the last good movie good. he made though. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking of the, the movies, movies he's made. Fresh. That's just Ridley Scott made those and he just wrapped up Gladiator 2 today, actually.
3: Oh really? That's yeah. I, I, that's gonna be fucking terrible. Hey, the oh,
0: villain is Denzel Washington. Did, oh, he did he did do Black Hawk Down, that's mm-hmm. right. Oh,
3: that did was Black Black a good Hawk one. Down.
0: Yeah,
4: yeah. Ooh, and the Marsh I love that
3: oh, movie. Okay. Oh, he the did that's the marsh. a great one. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. What else we got?
2: He did the original Alien. Well yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the guy. The original Blade he... Runner. Wait, he, oh, he did overrated. do the original. But Blade he also,
0: runner. didn't he also do the the New Blade Runner also? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. He did The House of Gucci. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh, it's okay. It, it wasn't terrible. Oh my it goodness. It was fine.
0: Oh, he did um, that. Oh. That's too they, bad. Are you gonna say Exodus? Exodus Yeah, really <laughs> that was really bad. Really bad. Is
3: Exodus Oof. about oh. like the Bible? Exodus?
2: Uh, yeah, okay. it oh, yeah, it is. Oh yeah. yeah. uh, it is. Yeah. but he also did the uh, Kurt Russell Robin Hood. Or not Kurt Russell. Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe.
0: Russell oh. Crowe. No, the Russell Crowe one. <laughs> I never uh,
3: saw it. I remember it coming out.
0: G. I. Jane. He did G.I. Jane. Gangster. American Gangster. That's right.
3: American Gangster was good.
4: Body That's of right. Lies. What is that? It looks DiCaprio like DiCaprio and Russell Crowe. Well, what is it called? Body of Lies. It's like a CIA. Oh, I have seen that movie. Yeah, I've seen that one. I've seen that long one. long
0: time. Oh, um, he did The Last
2: Duel with Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, and...
0: Uh, oh, okay. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, it looks like he produced... um looks like he produced that Death on the Nile and the other one. Just a producer, it? oh, really? I oh, hunting
2: in Venice,
0: there you go, hunting in Venice, yeah, just producer on that one. Um, and then there's the new alien uh movie coming out called Romulus. That Hard I think best. he's also a producer though on that one. Mm. Oh, he did Thumb in Luis, I didn't know that, hmm,
3: interesting, hmm. I didn't know that either, interesting.
0: Um, but yeah, yeah, oh, all the money in the world, you guys know what movie that is. Oh, they had to replace Kevin Spacey all the all his all his parts. Oh, oh I do that remember one? that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He did. I that never one.
3: saw it, but I remember hearing that story. Ew, yeah. Hannibal. He did Hannibal. Ugh.
0: I don't think he directed it though. I think he may have produced it. Yeah, no, Black no, Rain. He was a director. He was Black a director. director was Hannibal, good. huh?
2: Yeah. Wow, I'm surprised. Matchstick Man was pretty decent. That
0: is.
3: Yeah, Matchstick Man was good.
0: Yeah, that one's pretty good. So yeah, he's got right. a lot of good lot of good movies. A lot of good movies.
3: All right, fine, fine. Yeah. Yeah. Yep.
0: No, he's uh he's got a lot of winners here. Uh oh, Kingdom of Heaven he did. There you go. There you go. A lot of winners for Ridley Scott. Is um is is Napoleon a winner? I guess you'd nope. have to watch it for yourself. Have to watch it for yourself. Not not the best of his work for sure. All right. Well, other than that, um, what else we got on the docket? Anybody else? Anybody else? Oh, Laura's like, let me shake my hand. I got something.
3: I do have something. I had a couple of releases come across my uh, news feed that I was excited about. Top Gun 3 is announced and they're getting ready to work on it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was scared for Top Gun 2. It was so fucking good. I'm like, can they pull it off for a third you i don't know but i'm excited to find out uh so yeah that was interesting what, what are they
0: then, gonna do though that's the thing what are they because top gun 2 was just top gun all over again what
3: are they gonna do yeah, this well, time do it, it again wars. if it fucking works
0: it was a little bit star Wars. every but was story
3: like, is star yeah. wars
0: no maybe every story
3: is star wars no every I don't know yes. about
0: that. Napoleon yes. wasn't Star Wars, no. <laughs> isn't it? How Napoleon the... Dynamite wasn't Star Wars? <laughs> yeah, Napoleon Dynamite wasn't Star Wars either. Yeah, so I don't know about your theory, but okay. What else you got on your list?
3: Twenty-eight years later, as opposed to twenty-eight. Oh, days uh, later. damn! Yes. Really, A the last one, one yeah.
0: the third and final one, supposedly. Yes.
3: What was the second one? Was twenty-eight weeks? Twenty-eight, later, right? 28
0: right?
2: weeks no, is 20, twenty-eight days. Was the first twenty-eight weeks?
0: That's right. Yeah. The twenty-eight weeks, not twenty-eight months. Yeah.
2: Go ahead.
3: Fact-checking my fact-checking myself, what I was trying to reference earlier was benign masochism. That Holy the shit, concept.
4: bookie! That was like an hour ago. I know
3: I, these are the things I can't let it go in my brain. Mac,
0: mac, mac, mac- 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 the guest isn't there
4: even on anymore.
3: I just I have to I have to put it on record. Gotcha. Benign masochism was <thw-> the uh, psychological principle I was trying to reference.
0: The star of 28 Days Later, wasn't that Killian um, Murphy? Yeah, it was. That's what kind of made him, right? Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Running
2: around yeah. in the beginning with his dong, just swinging back this and forth. His dick that's
0: hanging out. Right. Yeah. Good old Oppenheimer's dick's out. Just, uh, <laughs> just uh,
4: swinging,
0: swinging away.
3: Flapping zombies in the face that's right. left and right.
0: That's right. Uh, that. Okay, and I'm like, wait a second, what movie am I watching? <laughs> <laughs> all right, well there we go. Um, I think that's all we got. Anybody else before we hit the road? No, maybe, hmm? maybe. Huh? Huh? Watch American Nightmare on Netflix. It just came out. Check it out. It's a great crime, uh, true crime story. It is phenomenal. We'll talk about it next week. Um, for Johnny, see you. Or Laura.
3: Goodbye.
0: Or Carlos.
1: Bye-bye. And I'm Lafayette. See you next time on Nerds Talking, the podcast.